What's up? This is Nina Perez, and this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Thank you so much for being here. I created this show for you, finding the best humans on the planet to grow, challenge, and transform your thinking. Let's do this. I found a really cool dude. I was talking to him a couple of weeks ago. Really, really enjoyed our conversation. So I said, you got to come on here and talk to our people because I have an amazing audience. His name is Justin, and he's a mental health advocate. He's an author, an inspirational speaker, a professional executive coach. And I love that he puts this on his bio, but he's also a loving husband and a father of two amazing kids. And so, Justin, thank you for being here, man. It's really, really nice to see you again. How are you? Uh, it, I'm doing well, and it's great to finally connect with you. I know we had a couple of hiccups there, but you know we made it work and found a time to be able to share the space together. A hundred percent. And you know what? It's always um, when I always feel like when the hiccups come, it's because it's going to be an impactful conversation. I never see them as a bad thing, right? <laughs> so I'm I'm glad you're hanging out. Yeah. No, How are well, you doing? How's, how's life? How's uh, how's your day going today? Pretty good. Day's going very good, actually. You know, I took my kid to swimming lessons, then we hit up a little bowling, did a little crazy bowling oh, when we got out there. And I think I'm better at laying on my stomach bowling than actual bowling, I found out. <laughs> That's fun. That's fun. So, Justin, you know, I want to get into a conversation about all the great things that you're doing uh, right now with, like, um, with your book and your business and all of that. But before we get into that, I do want to know a little bit more about you. So let our audience know who Justin is. Well, my name is Justin Bryan. I'm a mental health advocate, an inspirational speaker, a transformational coach. I'm an author of the best-selling book, Chasing Shadows, Fighting the Monster Within, which takes a deep dive into my life uh, <clears throat> surrounding mm. my mental health, my depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation, uh, recovery, you know, becoming sober. But also, it's different because it's not just a biography. At the end of every chapter, there is questions. For you to answer thought-provoking questions that you know if you know you're a coach you get that that mind thinking to get people that you know explore different avenues in their lives but it also has learning lessons so i put that book mm -hmm. into three different parts there's during alcohol after alcohol and then learning lessons where you know i talk about the human needs how to make lasting change um support network and all that kind of stuff because i wanted it to be kind of a how-to book mm -hmm. but also my, my story, right? But I, I wanted to be more than just a story. So I kind of entangled all that I've learned throughout my coaching and life lessons. Did you ever think, you know, and I want to hear about your story. So when you were going through all of that, I mean, like, when you look at yourself today, did you ever think you would be here when oh, you were going no. through all that? Yeah. Absolutely not. Well, there's two things I didn't think. So I actually say this in my keynote speech is, if you were to say, Justin, you're going to be depressed, Justin, you're going to be suicidal, Justin, you're going to be addicted to drugs, addicted to alcohol, I would have looked at you and I would have laughed. And I would have laughed because I didn't listen mm. and I didn't listen because I thought I was invincible and I thought I was invincible because I thought I was too smart. However, my life led me to where I am today. Now, unfortunately, I went through a path six years of being suicidal. So mm. I didn't think I'd actually make it this far. There is actually a time in my life where... You know, I actually became an organ donor. I walked into the DMV to say, hey, I want to be an organ donor. And I remember the lady looking at me and saying, oh, that, that's just incredible. And I just remember thinking, you know, I'm, I want to become an organ donor because I want to donate my body. You know, I want, I actually felt so low with myself that mm. I wanted to give it. And I was actually preparing my body to, you know, give it away. And so if you'd ask me, 
if I thought I'd ever be here, no. Um, I never wow. thought I'd be a coach. I never thought I'd be a speaker. I never thought I'd be a mental health advocate. And you know, my life experiences uh, has led me to to what I'm doing today. And I you know I wouldn't change it. And right. I, I really changed some of my decisions and my actions, absolutely. But I wouldn't change the dark days, the lonely nights, and the things that I've, I've witnessed or gone through because I get to do what I do now and I get to hopefully inspire and encourage people to ask for help to live their lives and just to really love themselves. Yeah. Let's, let's go. Do you mind if we touch on those things? Do you mind if we go back a little bit? Okay. Let's, let's touch on that because I like, um, I like talking about real things. Right. So, and I also know that, um, we're talking to a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of leaders, a lot of people who are going through stuff or have gone through stuff. And so it's always good to like have real tangible conversations where people can um, really connect with who you are, Justin. But I want to know about that because I know that none of us get to where we are right now without going through some stuff. Right. So when you talk about what you've been through, what is that? What? And I heard you say alcohol. I heard you say depression. I heard you say, you know, uh, suicidal ideation. So tell me about that. What happened there? Well, growing up, um, I dealt with low self-esteem, low self-worth, and low self-confidence to where I didn't really have to. I had people that liked me as athletic. I had good grades in school. I had family that loved me. But I was a late bloomer. I was smaller than a lot of people. And, you know, I always compared myself to other people. I wanted to be everybody mm -hmm. else but me. So that really made me feel feel pretty low and i actually always act out and try to be the funny man and tell jokes and so i could get people to notice me and people to like me now i didn't drink much in high school but when i got out of high school i found what drinking gave me you know i gave me self-esteem self-worth gave me self-confidence really transformed me into a person that i thought was you know the cool justin the, the justin that mattered the justin that was funny so i quickly became you know, almost an alcoholic right away. And I moved away to play junior hockey. You know, I was living on my own and I found drinking. And I don't believe, I don't think it was junior hockey that, that did it for me. It was just, I was finally on my own. Right. And I finally started drinking. And then by the time I was 21, I was drinking pretty much every single day, bartending in Vancouver. Wow. And to where a bartender came up to me, he said, Justin, I can ask you something. I said, sure, man. He said, do you think you drink too much? And I looked at him and I said, no. And I brushed them off because I didn't listen to anybody, right? Because I thought I knew knew what uh, I I knew everything at that point. Yeah, that at twenty one, at twenty one, Justin, we always think we know everything. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> so that night, I ended up walking home after work because, well, actually, I would I'd close the bar down within 15, 20 minutes. Like I was I was a really good bartender. I could get my cash done, everything stocked, wiped and out within fifteen minutes. But I could do that because I need to get out and drink. And on my way home, I'd actually phone up Dialabal so I could have more alcohol waiting for money at home. Wow. Now, when I was walking across the Kennedy Street Bridge in Vancouver that night, a thought ran through my head and it says, Justin, you drink too much. And I was like, there's no way I drink too much. You know, I'm young. I like to have fun. I'm in this big, beautiful city and I'm a bartender. Right? If you don't know where Vancouver is, it's right on the West Coast. It's right on the ocean. Nightlife is amazing. The views are amazing. And I was living mm -hmm. life then. So I said, no. So I take a couple more steps and all of a sudden this, my own voice rings through my head. It says, Justin, are you an alcoholic? And I actually said this word for word. There's no way I'm an alcoholic. You know, I go to work. I pay my bills. I'm not a low life and I am too smart to be an alcoholic. 
Now, I was so smart, in fact, that that year I graduated from alcohol abuse to drug abuse. At 24, mm. I did for the very first time. And I don't didn't remember the night. So I phoned up my buddy and asked him what happened. And he told me. But then he said something to me that you probably shouldn't say to a person with my mindset. He's like, man, you know, you're funny last night. Well, right then and there, clicked. I have you know, alcohol for confidence. I have drugs to be funny. I got Michael's special juice from Space Jam. You know, one shot of this and I'm, wow. I'm super just. I can tell you, I'm the only one that's uh, of my friends that thought I was super Justin. But if you fast four or six months down the road, I end up moving back home to a small town, my hometown, Salmon Arm, British Columbia, Canada. And I start managing at a nightclub. And I needed to get a ride home that night because of uh, I lost my license for drinking and driving. And on the way oh, home, wow. yeah, it was a story of my life. You know, I, I didn't really get my full license again until I was about 28 years old. Wow. So wow. And you, you also set yourself up. You also set yourself up in an interesting way, right? Because you were also bartending, nightclubbing, like you, you really made your surroundings help you with this addiction. Oh, and that's, you know, when you're in addiction, it's, you want to surround yourself with those people because then you're not the odd one out, right? right? You're not the black sheep or I was the black sheep. Because I had many different friends from different walks of life, but I bartended because, you know, I liked it. I, I was good at it. You know, it was fun mm -hmm. and it was easy and I made good money. So I put right. myself there. I had readily available wherever I was. Yeah. No? Yeah. I mean, and, and let's, let's be real, right? You're young, you're working in these places, you get to drink, you get to do all of that. So who sees the problem? It's yeah, too convenient. It's too convenient. Yeah. But I did see a problem. So when I asked myself, Justin, are you an alcoholic? I said no, but I knew deep down. Mm -hmm. This is the thing is that if you admit something to yourself, you acknowledge it, then you have to change it. Right. Because if you don't change it, you're going to live in guilt and shame. And I like to tell people right. about my three A's. First, you have to admit the problem. Then you have to accept it internally. And then you got to ask for help. So right. You know, I went, I moved back home and, you know, me and my buddy started talking about the topic of depression on the way home when I got a ride that night. And I looked at him. And so what do I know about depression? Well, this is like 14 years ago, 15 years ago. And I looked at him I'm like, you know what, man, depression is an excuse. Depression is for the week. You got to, you got to suck it up. You got to go to work and you got to pay your bills. Now, 24 years old, I'm ignoring two major problems, my mental health and my substance use. Mm. So. It wasn't until four years later that I finally did the first step of my three A's. I finally admitted to myself, Justin, you know what? You're depressed. Justin, yeah. you know what? You abuse substances. Okay, well, now what? Now what do I got to do? Well, I had accepted internally that it was negatively impacting my life and I needed to eliminate it, the substances, and work on it, my mental health. Okay, well, cool. Well, what do you got to do next? Well, you have to ask for help. And boy, did I ever ask for help. I've been to over 100 doctor's appointments. I've spent 77 mm. days in rehab away from my family. 45 addiction appointments, 19 psychologists, 10 psychiatrists. Wow. And I've eight different meds from antidepressants to ADHD to bipolar meds to anger to sleeping pills. But one of the biggest things is I found the one why. But um, the why, I'll, I'll talk to you. The why is the one thing that helped me make the change, helped me stay motivated. And it's one of the things that can help people do a lot of things is finding the why behind the reason, right? 
but I asked for help, but the help wasn't working. The help wasn't working mm. because I didn't really accept that I had a problem. Right, right. So when I went right. one month, two months, three, nine months sober, you know, I would see somebody else drinking and I'd be like, well, if you can do it, I can do it. I'm just as smart as you. So I still have that, that negative attitude, um, the, the negative outlook that if you can do it, I can do it. I mean, I truly, I still believe that if someone could do something, I could do it. I might not be able to do it to the same version as them, but I'll definitely try. But I was looking at it in the, in the negative way, right? So then right. I wanted to be the two, two, lead the three, and all of a sudden I'm blacked out and I, I miss time at work. Or when I felt better, I'd stop taking my medication. I'd stop going to my counseling appointments. I'm like, I don't need you. I can do this alone. So the help wasn't working. No, I was very fortunate that. Well, well, let's back up. The help was working. Justin wasn't working. Justin was, yeah, absolutely. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't working with the help. Right. Because <laughs> I think they were trying. That's a lot of appointments for them not to be working. And I think that's, you know, that's another deflection that we do, right? Like when we really should be checking ourselves and uh, we see that you probably even go through this now with some of your clients or people you speak to, they have to be invested. They have to be invested or it's not going to work. Right. And that's the experience that you had. Like, unless you're a thousand percent invested, it's not going to work. It's just not right. Cause we do what we only do what we really want to do. Right. So mm -hmm. that's a lot of appointments, Justin. Whew. Goodness. Well, you know, I, I wanted to get better. I, I really did, but I had that That's hard awesome. time of finding that self-love for myself. Yeah. That made yeah. it worth it. I had a hard time coping without alcohol. See, I did I started drinking at 18 years old. Right. And you know, and, and I was actually I was also a late bloomer. So my mind, my brain didn't start developing until a little bit later, around 16, 17, when I finally started to grow. Two years later, I'm drinking a lot, right? Right. And then all of a sudden, by 19, 20, 21, I'm an alcoholic. I'm still going, right? Going through all my changes and punishing my brain. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't, and I did it for 16 years. 16 years. I used alcohol or drugs to cope. I used wow. to have conversations. I used it to leave my house. I ended up using it to actually even play hockey, play any sports. I mean, I needed it. Or I thought I needed it, right? To to hang out with people. I where I'd actually have an algorithm I would of how many drinks I would have before I even left my house. They will hang out with even friends. And then I, when I'm having a conversation with them at their table, if I'm feeling if my self-worth starts to drop, I'm feeling uncomfortable. I'm like, okay, well, a couple more shots, right? Oh, so okay, I had a couple more shots. But it's that placebo effect of having that having those two shots that's actually what I thought brought out the real me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know what, um, Justin, that's, I mean, you work with this, this is what you, your space is in. And one thing that I realize is that that's where any of us, and that's why people can't judge. This is where any of us can get caught up, right? When even as an adult, I've spoken to adult women, because I speak mostly to women in my coaching group and things like that. And I've spoken to adult women in their 30s and 40s who have now gotten a, 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 an abuse of drugs or drinking or you know, that they, they've never had it all their lives. All of a sudden they realized they needed it to take the edge off. Then they needed it to have a hard conversation. Then they needed it to deal with this and they need it. And before you know it, it's an everyday thing. Not a every other day, not a, a once on the weekend or once in a while. It's just so easy for every one of us to get into that space. It just is. 
right? And so when you have to, when you just came to and you were, what, what clicked? What was it? What finally said, Justin, okay, enough is enough. You know, let's, let's do something. What was that moment? Do you remember it? Yeah, I 100% remember it. But it was a couple steps that took to get to that point. So I was dating this girl, but we woke up because I was drinking too much, right? And I, I just, my life, I couldn't get it together. But we still kept in touch. We were still in love and we hung out a couple times. Then one day she phones me and says, Justin, I'm pregnant. She's like, you can be in this child's life or you, or you don't have to, but I'm keeping it. And I said, no, no, I absolutely want to be in this child's life. So then we got back together and, you know, I started to have a couple days sober, but then all of a sudden I'd go back on my binging and then I got in a car accident. I was like, oh. Mm. So I went to rehab for the first time. And when I got out of rehab, you know, where I just spent 35 days away from my pregnant girlfriend, the first thing I said was, I'm not done drinking forever. Well, you can probably guess what happened. One month later, mm -hmm. we have two months later, I started hitting the bottle again, making poor decisions. Six months after that, my girlfriend had to make the tough decision of her life and leave me at my lowest point with our son. And I don't blame her for that. You know, I was in no shape to have a kid around. Now, right. I just went on a dark spiraling path. And I was very fortunate that around that time, I started to listen to motivational speaking. And a lot of these speakers had one thing in common, is find your why. So I started to ask myself, well, Justin, what is your why? What is your why that's going to drive you and motivate you to get better? What is your why that's going to pick you up when you fall down? And I started to look at that little boy, and I started to reframe my thoughts instead of, you know, what if I end it so he's a better dad? To what if I get better so I can become that dad? I knew I could mm -hmm. become mm -hmm. I knew that there was goodness in me. I knew there was greatness in me. I knew what kind of person I could become. I think that is another part that really helped me is I know the person I can be. So I made my son my why that day. Now, a lot of people are going to say you have to do it for yourself. And you should. But I know a lot of guys like me, especially in rehab, we needed a reason to find mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. I was something else. But I'm going to tell you something about finding your why. If it's not you, which hopefully it is one day, if you make it someone else, it's eventually going to come back on you. See, mm -hmm. I got better for you. Yeah. I got better for me, and then now I can actually help other people. So with that, I ended up going back to rehab. And in mm -hmm. rehab, I went with the power of why. So instead of, Justin, why do you, or instead of quitting the substance, I asked myself, why do you drink? Well, I'm depressed. Why are you depressed? Well, I have low self-esteem, low self-worth, low self-confidence. Why do you have that? Well, it's because I didn't learn how to deal with my operating system, my mental health. Now in rehab, they start to teach you things. They don't worry about the substance either. They worry about the why. The why do you mm -hmm. use are you going to get better? So in rehab, they taught us the how. Well, some of the things on the how, right? They talked about journaling, like getting your feelings out. Is Getting them out of your head is half the battle. Gratitude, starting your day and ending your day off with something that you're grateful for in your life can rewire your brain for, for happiness as long as it's done consistently. And if you're having a hard time with it, make sure you attach a feeling to it. Right? Anyone can say I'm grateful for this. But when you actually attach a feeling to it, something you don't have, something you have today and you don't have it tomorrow, well, it can help you a lot. But one of the biggest things I learned, which I also learned in coaching, was the power of acceptance and forgiveness and how acceptance and forgiveness is actually for us. Now, there are many times in your life where you get hurt. It could be an event, an experience, you could lose a loved one or somebody that hurts you. Mm -hmm. What you're going to have to do is accept it. It doesn't mean you have to like it. it. doesn't mean you have to agree with it, but you have to accept it because you have to forgive it and you have to forget so that you can move on and stop living in your past and create your future 
Now, when it comes to forgiveness and somebody hurting you, they don't even have to know, right? They right. Told us, right. Like, you got to forgive that person for you. They don't even have to know about it. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing about acceptance and forgiveness is, and for a guy like me, is that there are things that I had to accept that I did. Right. I was going to get there. Yeah. Was myself. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the hardest things. And it wasn't until about eight months ago that I, or six months ago, that I truly finally accepted my actions and myself and forgave myself for some, for the, for the things that I did. So I went to, re, got out of rehab, I was feeling great. And then all of a sudden I stopped doing my coping mechanisms. I stopped going to my counseling and I started drinking again. And then on January 1st, I ended up phoning my boss and quitting. No idea that I even talked to him. And then I found myself on January 4th, waking up with a hangover in my basement suite, shades drawn, super dark in my house, looking around at my kid's picture, looking at his toys, looking at his hockey stick on the floor, saying to myself, Justin, you have two options. You can go get help or you can end it. And I started to picture him growing up without me. And I broke my heart. So I phoned my mom and I said, mom, you need to take me to the hospital. So with that, she came and picked me up, took me to the hospital and with my dad to my left, me and my mom in front of me and my counselors on my right. I finally admitted the words out loud that I said, if I'm going to continue the way that I feel that I had a plan and the plan was to end it. Now, by saying those words out loud in front of the people that I desperately wanted to scream it at for six years, because every time they asked me, I just looked at them in the face and I said, no, every time my counselor, every time my doctor asked me, I said, no, never do that. I didn't want to tell anybody in the beginning because I didn't want to lose my son. Right. But I finally said it and it was like a weight lifted off my shoulder. And since I was living underneath my mom, I got to go home later that day. And ever since January 4th, 2019, I've been sober. Um, I've gotten back together with the mother of my children. Oh, now we good. were a baby girl. We are now married. I became a coach, speaker, and an author. And when you say, can you imagine yourself being here? I never would have guessed of, I'd write a book on I love it. and you know, mental health. I love it recovery and stuff but uh it's definitely well congratulations congratulations on the entire journey and then being open and honest about it because that's what's going to help people right you have to be authentic about where you've been and also about how hard the journey is because it's not an overnight thing i've had you know uh alcoholism in a lot in my family you know grandfather uncles you know stepfather things like that um, and drug, uh, drug abuse as well in my family. Um, I always had like this innate thing in me to not go those routes because I seen the damage that they did, you know? Um, but that doesn't mean it couldn't happen. I remember there was a moment in time where me and my husband were drinking like maybe four days out of the week, four or five days out of the week. I'm like, this is a lot, you know, but it wasn't until like a couple months in, I said, hold on, I'm getting nervous because every day I come home, I just want a gin and tonic. Like that's not, that's not kosher. We got to change this. And we did. Right. So we're social. We go out, I don't know, maybe twice a month and maybe we'll have a drink. But the whole point is, is that this can happen to anyone. So I say that because those who are listening to you right now, Justin, listen to this conversation. I don't want shame to be the driving force in their life, right? Because 
People feel ashamed that they drink a little much or people feel ashamed. They don't want to tell anybody. Listen, speak the truth. The truth will set you free. And like, just like Justin, he just alluded to and just said that the minute that he told, he actually spoke out of his mouth that he wanted to end it, a weight was lifted. Why? Because truth was spoken, right, Justin? And let me ask you this now. So you're at a point right now, you are married, you got your babies. It's been a few years now. What do you do every day to not be the old Justin? What do you do to keep yourself where you are today? You know, I got a couple of things that I do that are really prominent for me. Um, journaling used to be my big thing, but I actually have a gratitude partner. Mm -hmm. So another guy and I, we text each other every single day what we're grateful for. And at the awesome. end of the day, we do affirmations. But I also, the gym uh, exercise has been become my biggest antidepressant. When I go to the gym... You know, you release those reward chemicals, your happy chemicals, your motivation chemicals. Yeah. But I like to listen to books. I like to listen to podcasts of people like me who struggled and what they did to get better. And I like to listen to motivational speaking. I just, I, I call it my learning girl. Mm -hmm. um, it, but it feels so good because I can go there and I can, I literally unplug. I unplug to plug in. I, I don't like to really talk so good. If I can, <laughs> yeah. But um, so those good. two have been my my biggest things. And now that, that I've I've incorporated gratitude into my life, you know, I I find myself getting into that unconscious gratitude, or subconscious gratitude, where it just yeah. shows up, not making that effort to do it. And just all of a sudden, it's there, and that is mm -hmm. one of the the greatest feelings. I remember when I struggled, I'd find this happiness, but then I'd be scared because I was like how long am I, is this going to last? Is it going to be like half an right. hour? And I would be happy. And I'm like, okay, when's it going to leave? And then all of a sudden I'm sad again because I, I knew it wasn't going to last, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I, I, I made it not last. I conjured that. Like I thought it wouldn't last. You know, I put that belief in my head that, okay, if you're happy, you don't deserve it. It's going to go. Right. It's a worthy thing. Right. Right. Now it just, it just comes to me. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I was diagnosed with clinical depression, which is major depression, um, anxiety. I still have social anxiety. And even as a life coach or a transformational coach, I still have social right, anxiety. Right, because you're still human at the end of the day. Yeah. I get I get awkward, <laughs> but that's mm -hmm. okay. I've accepted that I, I can be an awkward person. Um, but I still can struggle. And I have a counselor. If I struggle too much and I can't get myself out, I'll reach out my hand for him to grab it. And I'm good, not ashamed of it. Good. 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 So are you working with men and women right now or just men? Or what does your coaching practice look like? I work with men and women. And oh, I'm not both. good. Yeah, yeah. It's just whoever wants to transform their lives. It's I'm not a sobriety coach. I'm not a, a mental health coach. I'm just whoever wants to transform. I do know a lot about sobriety and mental health, um, but I wanted people work with me for 12 weeks and we go through that transformation, go through the self-limiting beliefs, um, self-confidence, developing a routine, really breaking down those barriers and yeah. moving towards that, that, that desired future that they want. And it, it's really cool. I remember one lady I worked with on week six, she started to cry because she found herself worth. And that, that I'll never forget that. I'm like, I thought I said something wrong and I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh man, what happened? What did I do? Did I do something wrong? She said, no, I just, I finally found my worth. 
And I was like, oh, jeez. Don't you love that? Oh, I love that so much. (laughs) I love that so much, Justin. I love that so much. And I love that you're doing that. So um, what is the book about? Give me the title again and what the book is about. So it's called Chasing Shadows, Fighting the Monster Within. And it is a story of, it's a deep dive into my life on sobriety, mental health, depression, suicide, ideation, recovery, redemption, but then learning lessons, stuff I've learned through my coaching courses um, and personal development on and thought-provoking questions. How you can challenge yourself to become that better, that better version of yourself. Now, it's not just about mental health and sobriety. It's about growing. It's about answering those questions. And you don't have to be someone that struggles with your mental health or someone that struggles with um, substances. It can just be like, hey, you know what? This is what Justin learned in that part of his life. So it's chocked full of learning lessons. It's like, okay, this is where I came to this realization. This is where I should implement this, right? This is all about, okay, self-love is one of the chapters. And how self-love is the best love. And how if you love yourself, you can actually give love more to other people. The more you can actually love other people. Now, I most of my clients have had a hard time with putting themselves first. Yeah. So I asked them, I'm like, okay, imagine if you, you don't have to do it all the time. It doesn't have to be a 24 hour thing, but imagine if you did a little for your self care and you got to, let's say an eight out of 10 instead of a six out of 10. Well, if you're at an eight, if you're at a six out of 10 and you're giving hundred percent, what are you giving? Well, still a six out of 10. Now, if you did some self care, self love, got yourself to an eight out of 10 and you give hundred percent, well, you're giving eight out of 10 still. So there's an importance in making sure that you get your self-love and your self-care time and putting yourself first so that you can show a lot better for other people. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's so good. And such a good message. And I'm really grateful to you too, for um, just being open and, and willing to straight talk about, you know, what your journey was like. And because I think that that's the way we impact the world of others, you know, like that's literally how you do it, right? You just tell the truth and then you allow that struggle that you've been through the things that we've gone through the the emotional roller coasters the substance abuse whatever you allow that now to be what you can use to impact the life of someone else right for instance yeah. your client that found her self-worth it, it she wouldn't of at that moment if it wasn't for you being there because of what you've been through see what i mean like all of our lives are for us not against us, right? Even the struggles, right? Do you believe that? Yeah, well, I believe in two different things. I believe that some things happen to you, some things happen for you. Mm-hmm. But the things that yeah. happen to you, you can make for you. I actually talk about that in my book. Yeah, I love right? that. The struggles yeah. that happen to you, you make work for you. Because I had a hard time mm-hmm. when people are saying, you know what, everything in that I was used for you. And it's like, okay, well, I just had a, my, my spouse, let's just say my spouse died, my, my child died. Well, that's not for me. However, if I take their memory and I build off of it, if I do this with it, you know, that can be for you. You can turn it into for you. You can be like, okay, well, right. maybe I wasn't being a present, as present as I wanted to in that kid's life. Well, okay, but now I'm going to make sure I'm more present in other people's lives. You can always take a learning lesson from yeah. it. And I from being vulnerable, um, me being vulnerable, I've been able to help a lot of people. My last post on Monday, or one of my previous posts on Monday is I'm a failure. And I went through 
everything that I failed at, you know, making rep teams, making junior hockey, applying at schools to be a speaker, to, for a TEDx speech that I've been passed over for, um, to being a present dad and and spouse. I'm like, I've done all of that, right? But by doing that, now I can see that where I need to still work. You know, there's I still have yeah, still yeah. problems. You know, I can still get yeah. caught on my phone and I need to put it down. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's all. That's all of us. <laughs> that's everybody and the planet. Yeah. You know what? And, uh, you're right. I, I think that when, when I say, you know, it's for you because I, I believe the same thing when it happens to you, it's still for you. Right. So it gives us just the semantics, right? It's just words, but I love that you're doing what you're doing, Justin. So before we wrap up and I let you go, I do, I do know that I speak to a, um, a lot of my um, community. I have a, a really amazing community that listens to straight talk. I call them straight talkers. And so if they want to work with you or, you know, catch up with you or, or you know, really are struggling with their self-worth and want to get through that, how do they do that? Where do they follow you? How do they get your book? Like, give me all of that stuff. Well, uh, if you like an opportunity to work together, uh, my website is www.justinbryan.com. That's B-R-I-E-N for Brian. Uh, you can yeah. follow me on Instagram at justinbryan.com. One nine. Um, if you would like my book, it's called Chasing Shadows, Fighting the Monster Within. You can get it on Amazon and actually reach great Amazon title. Itself. Great title. Mm -hmm. uh, it almost got number one in substance use, but I just couldn't get past that that little known guy named Gabber Mate. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome well justin thank you for coming on seriously thank you for coming on and sharing your story and sharing your journey and for what you're doing to impact the lives of others because that's what this show is about is about just straight talking about what we've been through and how we can utilize that to help someone else so thank you so much for um you know sharing your wisdom and and being vulnerable and sharing all that time with us i appreciate you thank you oh Thank you for giving me the time and the space to do so. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. You are the best, okay? I have the best podcasting community ever. I really do. And I appreciate you guys being on here. If you are looking for coaching, please make sure that you also email me at hello at straighttalknosugaredit.com. I work with women and I help them develop that business that they are envisioning in their hearts so that they can win. Thank you guys so much for being here. Love you, love you, love you. This is Dina Perez, Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Until next time.